0: Chapter Three of the Elephant Man and Other Reminiscences. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Elephant Man and Other Reminiscences by frederick treves the twenty krona piece more than once in speaking at public meetings on behalf of hospitals i have alluded to my much valued possession a twenty krona piece and have employed it as an illustration of the gratitude of the hospital patient the subject of this incident was a norwegian sailor about fifty years of age a tall good-featured man with the blue eyes of his country and a face tanned by sun and by salt winds to the colour of weathered oak his hair and his beard were grey which made him look older than he was He had been serving for three years as an ordinary seaman on an English sailing ship, and spoke English perfectly. During his last voyage, he had developed a trouble which prevented him from following his employment. Accordingly, he had left his ship and made his way to London in the hope of being cured inquiring for the hospital of london he was directed to the london hospital and by chance came into my wards he had an idea as i was told later that the operation he must needs undergo might be fatal and so had transferred his savings to his wife in norway he was a quiet and reserved man but so pleasant in his manner that he became a favorite with the nurses he told them quaintly worded tales of his adventures and showed them how to make strange knots with bandages the operation which was a very ordinary one was successful and in four or five weeks, he was discharged as capable of resuming his work as a seaman. His ship had, however, long since started on another voyage. One morning, three weeks after he had left the hospital, he appeared at my house in Wimpole Street. My name he would have acquired from the board above his bed. But I wondered how he had obtained my address. I assumed that he had called to ask for money or for help of some kind. As he came into my room, I was sorry to see how thin and ill he looked. For when he left the wards, he was well and hardy he proceeded to thank me for what i had done little as it was he had an exaggerated idea of the magnitude of the operation which idea he would not allow me to correct i have listened to many votes of thanks to the effulgent language the gush and the pompous flattery which have marked them but the little speech of the sailor man was not of that kind it was eloquent by reason of its boyish simplicity its warmth and its rugged earnestness as he was speaking he drew from his pocket a gold coin a 20 krona piece and placed it on the table at which i sat I beg you, sir, he said, to accept this coin. I know it is of no value to you. It is only worth, I think, fifteen shillings. It would be an insult to offer it as a return for what you have done for me. That service can never be repaid but I hope you will accept it as a token of what I feel, of something that I cannot say in words, but that this coin can tell of. When I left my home in Norway three years ago, my wife sewed this twenty-krona piece in the band of my trousers and made me promise never to touch it until I was starving. A seaman's life is uncertain. He may be ill. He may be long out of a job. And so, for three years, this coin has been between me and the risk of starvation. When I was in the hospital, I had a wish to give it to you. If it so happened, that I got well. Here I am, and I do hope, sir, you will accept it. I thanked him as warmly as I could for his kindness, for his thought in coming to see me, and for his touching offer, but added that I could not possibly take the gold piece, and begged him to put it back into his pocket again, and presented to his wife when he reached home at this he was very much upset pushing the coin along the table towards me with his forefinger he said please sir do take the money not for what it is worth but for what it has been to me i am proud to say that since i left the hospital I have been starving, I have been looking for a ship. I have not slept in a bed since you saw me in the wards. Now, at last, I have got a ship, and, thank God, I have kept the coin unbroken so that you might have it. I implore you to accept it. I took it, but what could I say? that would be adequate for such a gift as this my attempt at thanks was as stumbling and as feeble as his had been outright for i am not ashamed to confess that i was much upset i have received many presents from kindly patients silver bowls diamond scarf-pins gold cigarette-cases and the like but how little is their value compared with this one small coin as i picked it up from the table i thought of what it had cost i thought of the tired man haunting the docks in search of a ship often aching with hunger and at night sleeping in a shed and yet all the time with a piece of gold in his pocket which he would not change in order that I might have it. A coin is an emblem of wealth, but this gold piece is an emblem of a rarer currency, of that wealth which is, in a peculiar sense, beyond the dream of avarice, a something that no money could buy for what some could express the bounty or the sentiment of this generous heart it would be described by those ignorant of its history as a gold coin from norway but i prefer to think that it belongs to that land of havila where there is gold and of which it is truly said And the gold of that land is good. End of chapter 3